The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is uh, actually Saturday night and we are recording for a Sunday slate that we're excited about. It's a five-game slate. So uh, we're, we're uh, going to be putting this out here very shortly uh, this evening so that we'll have... Uh, Everything in everybody's hands for a 3 p.m. lock on Sunday. Uh, I am Joe Servati, by the way, affectionately known as Coach. And I am joined for the first time with a new and exciting addition to our DFS family. And I, I know that you've already done one show with Apatria, but that's not official, brother. So it's Andrew Hansen. And uh, great to have you, Andrew. And I'm really excited to work with you. Yeah, me too, Coach. All right, well, let's make it official. If that didn't count with Mike, then let's do it for real tonight. That's right. Apatria's was just a uh, you know uh, a run through. That's for sure. This 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 is the official Andrew christening as a hoopball EFS goat. Now you go to goat status right away. <laughs> let's do it. All right, man. Um, before we jump in, I, you know, just to mention our presenting sponsor is Fantasy Draft. We uh, really appreciate them uh, coming forward and partnering with uh, with us at Hoopball uh, to bring you seven-day-a-week DFS content throughout the preseason and regular season. So we would uh, you know, encourage you to jump on FantasyDraft.com, sign up with the promo code, code Hoopball, and get seven days free membership up to $1,000 in your uh, wagers uh in your DFS contest. So they're, they're the best. They're the only rake free site uh, in the industry. And uh, we're just ecstatic to be a, a part of them uh, going forward. And tomorrow, which some of you will listen to this late uh, Saturday night, some, uh, most of you probably Sunday morning or early after right before football kickoff. So make sure you jump on this fantasy draft offer uh, for the Sunday NFL kickoffs because that locks at 1 Eastern and it is a half a million dollar NFL Hooters contest. Have you had a chance to try that out, Andrew? Yeah, I did. Uh, week one, I think it was. And mm -hmm. uh, I love the rake free. Mike and I chatted about that. Instead of donating 10 to 15% as part of a contest in terms of of the rake, or sometimes even more, depending on whether it's a GPP head-to-head, -head, how many people right. are involved. Yeah, uh, that we you you don't have to worry about that. Yep, yep. Oh, I know. And I mean, it's and you know, if you do it uh, play for a while, it, it gives you a little calculator on there showing you how much money you've saved in rake. And I know for me, you know, who, who plays a, a lot more, I do some baseball and a little golf, but. Uh, you know, it, it's incredible how much that adds up. And, you know, as we get into basketball, and, and I don't know, uh, do you play mainly cash or, or GPPs, Andrew? Primarily GPPs. Okay, good. I'll start doing more cash this year, especially since it's right in your wheelhouse and you're off to such a hot start. 
Yeah, and hey, you know, I just want to keep it going. But the cool thing for me is uh, Mike Apatry is uh, a more of a GPP player too. So I love being matched up on a show with somebody that's more GPP centered because I, you know, I'm going to always be more on the cash and single entry side. So it, it help, you know, gives our listeners uh, a lot more uh, options. So that's really cool. That that's great. All right, uh, let's see. The other, uh, we might as well just get right into this slate. Uh, like I said, it's a 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central lock time. So again, you know, we're we're getting this show completed on on Saturday night, the 12th, for the Sunday, the 13th card. And the first game is the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Boston Celtics. And I'll jump right into the mix, uh, Andrew, with. Uh, with the Cavaliers, uh, the only injury that they have as of right now, and uh, is is uh, Garland, the rookie uh, guard, is doubtful. So generally, that you know in preseason means they're they're more than likely out. And uh, you know, again, as we bring these shows to you, uh, you know, the evening before the games begin, uh, make sure you follow at Hoopball Fantasy. And follow us as well on Twitter uh, at Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I, and uh, at Language Olympic, just like it's uh, stated. That's Andrews, and also at Mike Apatria, M I K A P O T R I A. And the reason I take the time to, to share all three of those is, and all four of them with the at Hoopball Fantasy. Uh, is because you know there are, are always changes, scratches, and you have to stay up to date on that. You know, for example, today uh, I'm having a, an absolutely monster night in the in the one game matchup Phoenix Portland, and you know we went through everything last night. Andrew, Mike, and I, Michael, and I did. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to last night's show. Did you? I did. Oh, good, good. So then you know what I'm talking about. So we had some good things we hit on, some guys that really uh, went uh, nuts tonight, uh, Tyler Johnson being 1% owned, filled it up. But, you know, the bottom line is the news came out a couple of hours before tip that Aiton and Booker and uh, one more key guy uh, for Rubio. Rubio. Yeah, all three of those guys were ruled out. And, you know, if you're not paying attention – you know, you, I, I looked on uh, DraftKings, for example, in the one big tournament, and all of those guys were like seven, eight, nine percent owned. So those people that you know didn't catch that and are taking big fat zeros, you know, they're out of it before it even gets started. So you know, we're going to give you the best recommendations we can. We're going to go through everything as in depth as we can, but. You've got to be aware of any scratches or changes that, that happen uh, prior to game time. And the best way to catch those is, is stay with us on Twitter because, you know, we're going to stay on top of it the whole time. Okay, so with, with Garland out, you know, I've been on the Colin Sexton bandwagon here because I think, you know, I know Coach Beeline's style and he really likes to get uh, his guards involved. He, he likes to uh, push the pace, hit you know, take a lot of threes and Sexton falls just perfectly into his type of system. And he's been getting a good, you know, 25, almost 30 minutes a game, which I, I sort of expected as well. 
uh, because, you know, Beeline's got such a young group and he's putting his system in. So, you know, even though it's a five-game slate, uh, I like some of these calves tomorrow. Uh, Colin Sexton's going to be one of my uh, plug-and-play lock, 100% lock guys uh, that, that I'm going to put in there. I probably would have, even if Garland wasn't out, and now that Garland's out, uh, it's it's definitely a no-brainer for me. Um, the other the other guy that I'm I'm looking at right now it's it's I, I still have to make my decision, but you know they're rotating quite a few guys. But I think uh, they may give uh, Kevin Love a little bit more run. He only played 14 minutes the last game. They brought him along very slowly, you know, being the the veteran. But, you know, you're seeing the other guys get those upper 20s to 30 minutes. And even though Love's a veteran and they're bringing him in slow, you know, bringing him along slow to save him for regular season, he still needs to get some continuity, you know, with the new system. So I'm I'm probably going to be a contrarian play and look at Kevin Love tomorrow. So Sexton and Love are, my, are definitely my first two options. And then uh, maybe a Jetty Osman uh, would be the third choice that might uh, slip in if I do play uh, uh, one other GPP. I'm a little f- afraid of, of Tristan Thompson because he played 30 minutes as a veteran the last game, and usually they don't uh, you know, do that. And same thing with Larry Nance. Nance played 28. So uh, for Cleveland, I'm, I'm going Sexton, Lock and Load. More than likely, Love is my contrarian, lower-owned, uh, more expensive guy, and, and Jetty Osman is as thir- my third. How about you? Well, I'm with you on Sexton as the number one play there. I agree. He's he's money, and he you're right. He's, he played 26 minutes, and with Garland being out, likely, I would mm-hmm. expect him to play at least that much. You know, Rogier did well against Boston here in the preseason, so... I don't think there's any reason to expect Sexton won't as well as you probably do. I also I, I love to pair guards like this with guys he can lob to, like Tristan Thompson, Larry Nance Jr. So interesting that those were the next two guys for me. Yeah. And the reason I like Tristan Thompson and Larry Nance Jr. is because they both played 29 minutes. So that means they played together for at least right. some of the game. And... He, I mean, I would not be surprised if if Tristan Thompson plays less, but two of the other bigs are out, Henson and Zizic. So, Correct. you know, maybe that's why he's playing a little bit more than you might expect. Mm-hmm. But you know, my first play here would be Sexton and pairing him with Thompson or and or Nance. I and I don't blame you at all. They are thin uh, up front and. Uh... You know, I, I think you certainly can make a case for them. So I, I'm with you, man. That's a good call. Uh, as far as Boston goes, I'll jump over to the other side of the ball. Uh, Kemba is questionable as it's listed right now. Uh, so have you heard anything else on Kemba's status other than questionable? That's the latest I've heard, along with Wanamaker, also questionable. And he played 15 minutes last time out. Correct. Um I, you know, I, I'm not going to anticipate that Kemba's going to play. I mean, it just makes absolutely no sense. And Stevens usually will protect his guys. And even if he does play, I got to think it's going to be very limited minutes. Um, you know, Stevens has done a great job. And I figured he would do this because they had four guys 
that played on the on FIBA team. You know, I figured he was really going to try to uh, split minutes. I mean, if you look at their last game, they had 17 guys play, uh, and 15 of them played 10 minutes or more. So it's like, you know, very, very hard to – to narrow in, you know, I've, I've played a couple of these guys, you know, uh, throughout Tatum did it, has done a decent job. You know, Hayward's done a decent job. I even had a flyer, uh, the one game with Carson Edwards off the bench and he did well, but personally for me, Andrew, I, I just, it's just too many guys rotating. I just don't see anybody personally that I think is going to, you know, take hold of 25, 30 minutes, and and smash their number and with five games slate I, i'm going to the pass button on boston hey we're we're perfectly aligned it's funny the one note i had on that was seven, 17 deep on friday and wow. that's a lot of guys and even with kemba out those four wing players including marcus smart they only played between 21 and 24 minutes they yep. they all have decent prices but it's hard to predict which one is going to jump out on any given night you know J- Mike Patry often talks about guys that he just can't quite get right. Jalen Brown is one of those guys for me, and he played well in the last game, but he may, he may be a no-show, you know, even if he plays 20 minutes. So I, I'm actually a pass on the Celtics as well. Wow, we are on the same page, man. You're Like I said, I told Dan, you're way smarter than Mike Patria, man. It's, <laughs> it's so good to have somebody of intellectual equalness uh, on the show. <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding there. Yeah, absolutely, I, I, Michael is is a smart guy, even though he's he's not that good looking. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so we go on to uh, game two, New Orleans, and I and I'm embarrassed to say, <laughs> the last two New Orleans games, I faded Zion, and I watched very intently as he made like 25 dunks. So I, one thing I'm not going to do is fade Zion. I'm just going to say that right out front. I'm not messing with Zion anymore in the fade call. I don't know if I'm going to play him, but I'm not going to fade him. So I'll let you lead off since I've been laying an egg with uh, the, the, the new Orleans boys. Yeah. I'm happy to chat about them. And, and I think that's a wise approach for the rest of his career. Don't fade Zion, especially when he's no. still at 8.5K. And I mean, who knows? He he really doesn't have, have anything left to prove here in the preseason. So again, yeah. like with Tristan Thompson, it wouldn't surprise me if this is finally the night that he plays less and they are on the road. I think part of the reason he came back in the fourth quarter on uh, their last game was because it was it was home. But um he you're right he's just been incredible and and the the impressive thing about how he's scoring is he he's doing it off the dribble with both hands he's getting to the rim and so my question for this game is who is going to guard zion you know if you look at the two traditional bigs for the spurs lamarcus aldrich and pertle he's going to beat them off the dribble with either hand whenever he wants so if he's going to play a similar amount of minutes, then you have to play Zion. And, you know, what I've been looking at throughout the preseason is is Lonzo and Nikhil Alexander-Walker as the two guards to match up with him. He got to play with both of them during this last game. The amazing thing about Nikhil Alexander-Walker is he put up those incredible numbers last game, 22 points in only 16 minutes. 
Uh, he's just playing really, minutes. really efficient and, and, ball. And, and 22 points, and he also had two rebounds and four assists yep. in 15 minutes, yep. man. That's impossible. Yeah, and he's still only 4.9, so I like him. I like I like Lonzo at 6.2. The bigs, uh, I would probably stay away from, finally. Uh, I don't know if, if Okafor is going to be back, then you probably have to pass on Jackson Hayes. But, yeah. you know, favors at 5K, he only played 11 minutes. So I'd probably pass on the bigs other than Zion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I like Jackson Hayes a lot. And, you know, I I like some of their bigs. Even uh, Nicolo Melli's been, been uh, good. But just such a, a monstrosity of depth and young guys and rotation. Um, you know, I, I've been fading New Orleans a lot. But, you know, man, I'll tell you what, they're, they're such an exciting young team to watch. And uh, NAW, uh, as they're calling him now, because, you know, he's, he's so good, you, you can just call him by his initials now. Uh, he's, he's definitely going to make – he's not only going to make that Pelicans team, I think he's going to be in their rotation. I don't see how you don't play him. I mean, my, my son and I saw him play a ton in person in the – summer leagues and we just we were in awe i mean he was so good it was like how did this guy get you know moved back in the draft where they were able to take him and uh you know how how was it such a secret he made first first team uh, all summer league and you know we kept saying you know is he, is he gonna be able to crack that lineup with you know ball and heart and reddick and all the you know even frank jackson those guys were ahead of him but i think I, you know, for me, I'm playing them tomorrow. I'm a believer. I know that, you know, no one puts up those numbers in 15 minutes, but I think maybe he gets a little extra run. Um, you know, that's just what I'm thinking. I think he gets, you know, there's, I, I think that uh, Gentry sees that he's part of the, going to be part of this rotation and, and may get him a little bit more time with some of the regulars like Ingram and Zion, and, and uh, you know, maybe he even runs alongside Lonzo a little bit. That's what they did with uh, Josh Hart uh, in this last game. So I'm going to look for uh, Mr. NAW uh, in, in my lineups. And other than that, I you know, again, I'm not going to say fade Zion, but uh, I am not uh, going to go uh, any further for two reasons. One Utah plays extremely slow pace and good defense, even though nobody can match up against Zion. But I know Utah will have some difficulty there. But, you know, that reason and the, the fact you're, that You're thinking about are, the last game and how nobody could match oh, up with them. I'm yeah. sorry. You're now right. We're off you're to right. San Antonio. What I'm trying to say is what my thinking was there is San Antonio is very similar right. to Utah in a slow down pace, good defense pace. Thank you for correcting me on that. So even though they, you know, put up decent numbers and scored a lot uh, in that last game, 128 points against the Jazz, there's no way that they're going to go into San Antonio, in my opinion, you know, and, and do anything like that. I think the Spurs will slow it down and, and crunch them down a little bit uh, defensively. So that's why I'm going to pass mainly on those guys. But, you know, again, Nikel, uh, Nikel Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, I think, deserves to, to make some lineups, and he's, he's affordable. So, Yeah, Coach Gentry, Coach Gentry would have to be trying to throw the game 
any game he he coaches if NEW isn't a main part of the rotation. I think it's I think he's absolutely a lock. Yeah, even in the regular season. I would season. think so, man. I mean, he has outplayed the shorts off of Josh Hart. Josh Hart's been awful. So, I don't know. I don't how, know. How about the Spurs? Who do you like over there? All right, Spurs side, you know, I I think DeJounte Murray uh, is, is really looking healthy. He's playing without a knee brace or anything. He's been, you know, really taken over the team from Derek White, you know, that was a lot of question what was going to happen this year with White having such a fine year last year, but that's been washed away. I don't think there's any question, you know, Murray's the starting point guard of this team. And, uh, you know, I think pop gives him a decent enough run and the pace that the Pelicans play at, which is, you know, such a fast pace. Uh, I think he's in play. Um, you know he's gonna make a, a good good amount of my lineups. Um, you know after that again their rotation is is really uh, interesting. But I think I'm gonna consider believe it or not Lamarcus Aldridge just because I, I like this matchup and an up tempo pace with the defenders that they'll have out of the floor. That mid range game of his you know 15 18 feet is so deadly and you know even if he only gets 20 24 minutes something like that uh i think that he can do enough damage to to help a winning lineup so those will be the two spurs that i'm looking at how about you i am i'm actually interested in derozan assuming he plays okay. the yep. the team hasn't played since last tuesday I so know. plenty of rest you know they're gonna have to knock off some rust get some game action against another team DeRozan's priced at 6.9, so as you mentioned, yeah. that up-tempo game, he's going to have plenty of opportunity to pay off that price tag. And then Rudy Gay coming off the bench, really just because of his price tag at 4.5, depending on your lineup construction, he may be a guy that you want to put in, I'd say probably more for GPP than cash, but he's been playing over 20 minutes and putting up decent numbers, but again, you know, he could potentially have you know a few more possessions to work with with the up-tempo game against the pelicans potentially so i would add those two spurs to the list that's you know a smart play and if you remember the the first uh, spurs game DeRozan sat completely just for rest purposes so uh you know he he's gonna i you know i'm glad you brought that up because he's gonna be a, a possibility for me as well just in the fact that you know uh I'm sure he he understands he's got to get these guys uh, in in rhythm and and going. So uh, that that's a good call also. I think the Spurs in general uh, it doesn't hurt to have two of those guys in your lineup, even though it's a five. You know, there's ten teams playing just because of the up tempo, as we said with the Pelicans. So uh, good call there. I like it. I like it. Um, all right, how we how about we go to game three, which is Philadelphia at Orlando? I know the uh, Vukovic is questionable. I, I, you know, I don't know. They said it's a high ankle sprain. Um, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if he plays. But um, have you heard of any other injuries in this game? No, I haven't. But Embiid sat the last one, so I assume he'll be back. That'll be the other big change. But yes. no other 
injuries that I'm hearing about. Okay, you want to take Philly? Sure. So that that will be the dynamic that we have to look at. He he sat out the last game and and Al Horford really got a bunch of usage and had a really nice full stat line 11-9-3-3 and 2. And the thing with Philly though is even with Embiid out, it was pretty evenly distributed. I mean, Horford was certainly worth playing at mm-hmm. that price tag. Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, they all had solid games. But I'm not really getting exciting about excited about any of them against the Magic, who play pretty slowly. They are pretty strong defensively. So the only guy, you know, assuming Embiid's back... Um, yeah, uh, he is the, from everything I've read. So last time out when they played that foreign team, he had 17 points in 14 minutes. So yeah, um, he's you know he can he can score quickly, but I would probably fade him. And you know Simmons at 8,000, um, he would be in some lineups, and then Thibel off the bench. You know, in both games that they've played, combined steals and blocks, he's had five in each game. And that's yeah. it's hard to count on him getting five every game, but that's a real nice base for your for your fantasy points. So I like Simmons and, and Thibel the best. All right, man. Well, on this one we disagree, I, and it's cool because I'm our listeners need different opinions for sure. Um, I think Thibel is screams uh, just an absolute. Uh, He's been in the news. Everybody's talking about him. He's st- making all these steals. He had five steals in five minutes a couple of games ago. He he just seems like such a sucker play to me. And I, I, I don't mean that negatively towards you at all. I just saying in general, I just think so many – I think he's going to be over-owned for a guy that last game played 18 minutes and only had three points. I mean, he's just getting all this praise heaped upon him, and I just think it so – to me, he's a cross-off. Um, the guy that I'm going to plug in for sure to every line, 100, percent is 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 Embiid. Um, you know, I Vuk is probably not going to play. If he does, he's not going to be a complete health. Um, they've been super super cautious with Bamba. They're not letting him play more than 15 to 17 minutes the game max. And after that, I don't know who's going to stop Embiid. And Embiid's to me, I think we'll play 20 to 25 minutes. He has not played in the mid-20s in a long time here, and they want to get him some run. And, and I, I, I think he's just, you know, he's such a monster DFS points per minute guy. So he's – and Bede's going to be in all my lineups. Um, I will uh, possibly look at Simmons because, again, he's a guy that just all of a sudden you – look at the stats sheet with that guy and he's, he's almost got a triple double. So uh, depending on the builds and if I can fit them, I mean, that's like the third or fourth point guard out of the six teams I've recommended. So, I mean, you, you can only fit so many of them, but to me, I'm going Embiid uh, and possibly Simmons. And, and that's really all for, for Philly for me. You know that makes sense. It, it, I do feel like it's a bold call to to plan on Embiid and close to 100 percent of your lineups. But you know it the is. thing. The thing, of course, is that you're going to check for any news, and you know because the thing is with Embiid. I mean, he could be texting Coach Brown right now, talking about whether he's going to play tomorrow and and how many minutes. 
because uh, we know we've seen that before from him. But yeah, but yeah I mean, I, I love his game. So um, if he's going to play 20-plus minutes, certainly makes sense. And I mean, even if it, even at worst-case scenario for me that he does roll 20, which I can't imagine he's going to play less than 20, it just wouldn't make any sense. I mean, he just – that's all really all he needs to, to make his value. I mean – two times value probably at minimum, which is, you know, I think you're going to need, especially, uh, you know, in a cash game where, where the centers are not exactly plentiful uh, on this slate. So uh, that's what I'm looking at. at uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's always a question. Now, on the Orlando side, you know, with, like I mentioned, with this whole scenario, with the, the big issue with Vuk being very, very questionable with that, ankle and then bomba on such a, a massive uh limits minute i know uh the coach had talked about giving kem birch a bunch of run last game and uh, a lot of people got sucked into that he but he only played 19 minutes and threw up an o for one goose egg so you certainly can't go back to that well um or you wouldn't want to and uh you know so really what it comes down to is uh, Aaron Gordon's probably the guy that I look at. He he somehow, some way, went one for fourteen the last game. Andrew, one for fourteen. I know that. I don't know how that's possible. That that jumped out at me, and um, you know, I, you and Mike have also talked about low field goal percentage not being a concern. And Bingo. in general, yeah, I agree. The the key number there is fourteen, especially if you weren't playing him that night. What you exactly. want is to play him this night and have him go 14 attempts again, and you'll you'll live with the results if he if he you're, does you're, that. You are on target, and you must have listened to the show for sure last night because that was one of the things Mike and I talked a long time about was really you know it's the combination of two things, and I, I'll repeat it because I think it's so important for everybody you know the listeners to really absorb is if the if you're getting the minutes on the floor that's half the battle. Okay, the coach is playing you the minutes, so you got that part and you know minutes equal money dude we we know that for sure the second part is if you're willing to have the stones to take those shots and and chug them up there and get them up even when you're you know one for ten you're still taking four more shots that's the guy <laughs> that i want because yeah. those for fantasy fall. that's who we Absolutely. want for fantasy yeah i don't yeah that's exactly right exactly right now as a real coach i would be not pulling my hair out because I'm bald, but I'd be scratching my head, I guess. But right. uh, but no, Aaron Gordon, for that reason, you know, I think he's uh, he's got to be a, a strong consideration. And the other guy that's played so well in the preseason and just looks like he's taking that step from, you know, just a, a regular NBA player to somewhat of a star of the team is Jonathan Isaac. I think he's this looks so much more confident out there and smooth and they're running plays for him for the first time. So Gordon and Isaac will make some of my lineups and uh, really that's it for me for Orlando. Yeah. I, before our chat here, I was focusing more on the bench when I was looking at Orlando with mm -hmm. Fultz, Ross and Amino, they all played over 20 minutes. Yeah. And as you know, I like to stack games so if you're playing multiple tournaments, I'm gonna I'm gonna have one stack where I actually put those three together. Mm -hmm. Fultz, Ross, and Amino. Ross has scored over 20 points 
in both preseason games, I believe. And yeah, he's gunning. He's gunning, man. Yeah, no he, he is gunning. And he took 11 threes in that last game. Right. I mean, that's yeah. that's also what you want. And sure. Aminu had a decent line at, at four point. He's at 4.4. And then Fultz didn't shoot well last time out, but this is the rematch. Remember, Coach. Oh yeah, his that's career a great started with the Sixers, point. so I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's gonna come out with a with a bunch of energy, and be aggressive the, awesome, the entire awesome time he's out. Awesome narrative, man. Yep. We've got narrative city right there. I didn't even think of it. Yeah, I I would I would buy property in in narrative city if if I could. I'm with you, dude. And you know he wants to stick a tune because they gave up on him. Yep. So good call. That's that's gonna be one. You know. They should start him. That that would be cool if they, you know, start him against the old squad. But uh, that's a great point. He's. I bet you he gets a decent amount of ownership because of that. You know. Yep. Fantastic. I like that point. Anything? So so who did you? Who were your final? You're looking at the bench more of the Ross Fultz kind of thing. Yeah, and so if I could only play one, it w- it would be Fultz because of the narrative, but mm-hmm. um, Ross. Again, you know that could be a trap, also, because he might go two for nine, and he's he's True. priced up. He's finally priced up at six point one. So yeah, yeah, um, maybe not cash, but a couple tournament wow, plays. He, he really went up quite a bit in the last couple games. He was he was cheap initially. That's a good point. All right. That is game three, correct? That's game three. We got two more games at six o'clock. Which one are we doing next? We are going to do the Bulls in Toronto. But before we jump into that, so that I don't lose my place and forget what I'm doing, again, a quick uh, shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fantasy Draft. Make sure to go to fantasydraft.com and sign up with the promo Hoopball. And get that seven-day uh, free membership. Get on there and play that half a million Hooters contest on Sunday. Um, also, you know, uh, remember that listen to us seven days a week. No doubt in my mind, we're the best DFS seven-day content that's free out there in the industry. Uh, so we thank Fantasy Draft and Hoopball for that. Um, you can find us wherever podcasts are found. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. And we would ask you to take a a minute or two at the very most, not even that long it takes, to rate, review, and subscribe. You know, pop us those five stars, likes, the thumbs up. I know we're blowing up on YouTube, so those likes and and thumbs up mean a lot. And uh, that just really helps keep our sponsors happy and allows us to continue – seven-day free content for you. So we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we've given you our Twitter handles. Make sure at Joe Sarvati, uh, at Language Olympic, and at Mike Apatria that uh, you hit us up there with any questions, ideas, comments on the show. Uh, We would appreciate that. All right, we go to the final two games. Chicago-Toronto, Chicago Bulls are in your court, Mr. Andrew. The Bulls, all right. Well, interesting situation here is they rested a bunch of the starters last time out. So right. now, oh my God, it was incredible. They, they, there was barely enough guys to play last game. It was so funny. Yeah, it was. It was. So they'll be back as a group, but 
the one note here, the one caveat, is that Otto Porter Jr. has some left hamstring soreness, so he may be limited with his minutes. So okay. I'm going to probably stay away from him because of that, which is disappointing because I really like how he looked last time out. But I'll just go with Levine at 7.4 after sitting sitting one out. He's going to be yeah. back, and I just think he looks excellent here in the preseason. So I think he's primed for a huge season, and he, he would be probably most, if not all, of my lineups at that price tag. Okay. Kobe White, 5.1. Uh, probably won't play the 30 minutes that he did last time out with Sadoransky back, but yep. he's got to be in some of my lineups. And I, I got to mention, I just the his line jumped out at me because he went 24 and eight last time yeah. out, but it was not eight assists. I know it was me eight too. rebounds. No, but the, what's worse is it was zero assists. Right? How do you play 30 minutes at the point and have zero assists? I, yeah, I mean. <laughs> It is tough, but but the that's the great thing is that he he pulled down eight rebounds, which I love. I love guards yeah. who are aggressive like that. And actually, I want to I want to ask you because I know you saw him in Vegas. Yeah. How tall do you think he is? Oh, he's. I, I'll tell you what. He's like 145 pounds soaking wet. I mean, the dude is so skinny, and he's not that tall, but he's grease lightning. He's so quick. I mean. You know, I, I think I equated him the other day to Ty Lawson. If you remember when he first came to the league, it's like the ball's inbounded and one dribble he's passed half court. And all of a sudden, you know, two and a half seconds the, the, out of the ball coming out of the basket, he's over there converting a layup. So he's he's grease lightning. I, I mean, I'm super impressed with him. But to answer your question, I mean, he is not very big. He's, you know, it's it's not even as much as height is just his slightness. I mean, it's like somebody could just, you know, break that poor dude in half. But, you know, I, I watched a lot of that game because I, Kobe uh, was one of my key plays that night. And he was uh, fairly low owned, you know, under the circumstances of them being so shorthanded. And, and you know, that stat line, I mean, it just I am so impressed that you pulled that out because I was going to bring up the same thing. And I watched a lot of that game, though, and he did not share the ball and he did take some bad shots as well and just looked like he was like I think he's pushing a little bit because I think he wants to earn a spot which you can't blame him I mean you've got you know Sadoransky and Dunn really ahead of him on the on the you know depth chart at this point and he's trying to solidify you know either a rotational spot at the very worst or maybe even a starting role so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm so torn. I, I loved watching that game from a fantasy standpoint, but I, I see some regression there this game, so I'm I'm going to fade him. But uh, I love you know the potential of what he can bring to the table, and I I would play him personally. I'd play him alongside of Sadoransky a lot because Sadoransky's big enough to slide over. Uh, you know when you're going smaller maybe move Levine over rotate the three I I think the odd man out in my book is Chris Dunn but you know we'll see you know it's he's an old old school kind of coach Boylan so I you know he may like Dunn's defensive prowess and uh a little bit more experience but uh but I don't know. Did I interrupt you with Chicago? I think you were still doing your deal. No, I asked you about I, Kobe's size, and I just want to make one more point, which is that he's listed on ESPN as being six foot five. 
And no way. I, I, I didn't think so. I mean, I, I didn't go to Vegas this year, so I didn't see him in person. But I'd say 6'3", 145. Okay. I mean, that's, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, he's listed at 6'5", 185. And of course, no way. a lot of the teams are finally coming out with the actual heights this this year. So I haven't seen any release from the Bulls. But, but that's what he's listed at on ESPN. So anything, anyway, just something to... Another thing that jumped out at me with Kobe White, so I agree. Um, can't expect quite the output that he had last time out, but yeah, Levine's my guy there, and then I'm going to shy away from the front court with Wendell Carter Jr. coming back, but he won't play a bunch of minutes, and that'll mean Gafford won't get as many minutes, so I, I'm going to stay away from that front court. I, I'm with you. You know, between Gafford and Carter and Felicio and all that. I mean, there's just no way, in my opinion, you can play any of those guys. Um, you know, I, I'm with you. I like Levine. I've been in the Levine camp right along. I think this is the year he's looking to take his game to another level. I think after resting a game, uh, he's going to be in there firing. He is not shy whatsoever. So I'm with you. I think Levine's my only play out of this game. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'm planning on using him uh, quite a bit and expecting him uh, to produce. Um, and then as far as the Toronto side, I know we've got Marcus Gasol listed as out. And uh, Lowry is listed as questionable. But, you know, he has not played a single game since he had the thumb surgery this summer. So, number one... I, I don't think he's going to play. And number two, if he does, you know, how many minutes is the guy really going to log when he hasn't been in live action for, you know, since the end of last season? So, uh, you know, that's, you know, that changes the complexion of the game a little bit for sure. Um, you know, obviously the guy that's going to be high owned here and he's going to be high owned a lot this year because he's probably going to have such massive usage is Siakam and, uh, you know, certainly can't fault anybody for playing him. I may put Siakam in some of my lineups uh, as well. Um, other than that, though, I mean, Toronto is a quick one for me. I just, I don't like their, you know, rotation pace right now. You know, just, I still think, uh, I think Toronto's going to be possibly one of the biggest regressions just of a team in general from coming off a championship of maybe ever. And so I'm not expecting much for them. Not, not many of their players stand out to me other than Siakam, which I will use a lot just because he's going to be just a usage uh, absolute monster. So, um, you know, I'll put him in where I can fit him cost-wise. Um, he's not the cheapest guy, but, uh, you know, he may very well be worth it. But uh, after that, though, I mean, I'm just not super comfortable. I know Gasol's out, so, you know, you may want to play one of their bigs, but they rotated so many guys. You know, Serge probably isn't going to get a, a monster amount of minutes. Um, you know, Van Fleet is the same thing. So I'm, I'm pretty much Siakam and pass. Yes, yeah, Siakam number one for me as well, and I agree that the biggest – piece of news here is will Lowry play this would be a situation where I would hope that he would not play from a fantasy mm -hmm. perspective because I am interested in the trio of Siakam Fred Van Vliet and Serge Ibaka okay. I think those three guys playing together 
high correlation. Um, and Ibaka's, he's just, his price tag is too low at 4.6. So yeah, I if, if Lowry is out, I would have a few lineups with those three together. Van Fleet's only 5.4K. He had two strong games in a row, including a double-double last time out. And then the other thing here is that this is Toronto's first home game. They've been playing overseas. Good point. So I'd, I'd expect those three to get a few more minutes at home for the home fans. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nickname you Stackenstein. <laughs> I like stack, that. The Stack Monster. So Stackenstein is, is fires back. Uh, I, like, I like the strategy. Uh, I'm not a big stacker. I'm, I try to find each you know, guy. Usually if, if it's a super high paced, I have no problem taking two, you know, two guys from each team or something. But other than that, I'm not, I'm not the Stackenstein like you are, which I like a lot of people win. That's how you take down big GPPs. You get, you stack the right squad and you have, you know, a, a 140, 137 in overtime game, and, and you know you you're going to win with that stack. So, I you know I I I think that that's a good strategy. It's more of a GPP strategy, but uh, you know what? We have a lot of GPP players that listen, so that's why I'm glad you and Apotry are on here to teach me something in uh, in that kind of strategy. So good stuff. All right, last game on the slate, and to finish up our final show together, or first show, not final show, first show. First show. Uh, the, the final team is Milwaukee versus Washington, or the final team. So, uh, Milwaukee, good no- God knows, you know, what do you do with Giannis? Man, it's, I played him 23 minutes against the Mavs, 34 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, and a steal. I mean, good night. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, is he going to get enough minutes? What do you think about Giannis? I want to get your input on this. One. Yeah, he's a, I mean, that is the question here. And the first reaction I have is thinking back to Embiid because you got to look at those guys as uh, in, in the context of their price. Giannis is 8.9, Embiid is 8.5. Yep. And so if I'm building a cash lineup, you know, I'm thinking about just picking one of those two. I'm probably going to go with Giannis, hmm. just because I think he's. You know, he, you, I mean, you just read off the numbers, and I had them written down. It was a monstrous fantasy output it was in, in, in 23 minutes. But my my question would be: Is Giannis is coming off that big performance, and Embiid's coming off a rest game? See, right. that's that. That's what switches my thinking, anyway. And you know, the other thing here is. The Bucks and the Wizards are both top 10 in pace last year. This is the only matchup on the slate where both teams meet that criteria. So this would be the one game on paper that I would want to stack, and Giannis would be right in the middle of it. So I, I like Giannis, but I hear your concern, absolutely. Yeah, I you know I know for sure I'm going to pass this entire team. I looked at this earlier, and, you know, I've said all along in this in the preseason, one of the things you steer clear from is the teams that are established, that are pretty much in place from the year before, that have veterans. I mean, they they really have. They don't need to build chemistry. They don't need to figure out rotations. All of that stuff is done. I mean, you've got the coach of the year coaching him. He's a smart coach. Uh, you know, I think 
what Giannis provided the last game was phenomenal. But I just don't see any of these guys having enough minutes and enough usage uh, to, to really make any kind of a difference. So uh, for that reason, uh, I'm going to pass. How about Brooke Lopez? You know, one of the things that is hard to uh, continue to do and it's easy to, to slack on is when you look back at the box scores and you only look at the most recent box score, yeah. And then you, you forget about Brooke Lopez because he didn't play in that game. He played. Right. So, you know, you go back two games ago, he 20 minutes, he went for 14, three and one. Yeah. Nothing, nothing crazy, but he's at 5.3 K. And you mentioned the dearth of centers on this slate. So what about what about him coming back into the lineup, maybe getting up some more shots here and taking well, advantage I... of the, the Washington front court? No, I think you bring up a good point, but here's the thing. You know, if it's a two-game slate or a three-game slate without a lot of centers, then I consider them. But in this, Matt, you know, group of centers that we just talked about uh, all playing, I, I mean, he just he's just not going to make my cut. I mean, I get it, but I just don't see him making the cut. Okay, fair enough. For me, I mean, you know, again, he could he – could, uh, get it done but uh, you don't know you should we should be able to just play the name lopez at center for them and get <laughs> both brother stats combined right. that's that's what i and then then he you know then you got to really think about it you get both of them uh you know you could do some damage well that, that reminds me one thing i wanted to mention is the idea of i might have a couple lineups where i pair Giannis and brooke lopez in the hopes that when they're on the court i'm going to get every rebound out there and so I, I was curious if you ever do that, if you pair two of the bigger players who are going to snatch up all the rebounds. Because the other night, I had it was, I had this instinct of maybe doing it with Sabonis and Turner. And, mm -hmm. sh and sure enough, pairing those two together was the way to go in, in GPPs. Because they combined for, listen to this stat line, 21, 21, 6, 2, and 6. Yikes. You know, that was when they were playing the Bulls. And... Sabonis was less than 5K. I think Turner was 6.1. So yeah. do you ever do you ever do that? You know, maybe not if you're if you're playing cash games, but I think it's an interesting approach uh on, on us, you know, depending on the context. And so that's why I might I might do it with Giannis and Brooke Lopez on a couple teams. I you know what? I, I love your idea there. I love that strategy. It's not one that I ever use because it's the old, you know, it's different. When it, for me in DFS, you can totally build your rosters in baseball and football and all those different things and, and stack a few guys and use those strategies. But for me in basketball, it's just there's such a finite line of being successful, you know, and in and, and playing cash games and single entries specifically. You to me, I'm looking to maximize those small amount of you know, seven, eight, nine guys I get to pick and. You know, I don't really want – I don't feel like I can smash it by splitting stats at a category, just personally. I mean, I've tried to do that a few different times. What I will do is, like the other night when I played Luca and KP together, I, I like a guard and a big from the same squad that I think are going to explode. But, like, I would never take – you know, when the regular season starts, like a Dwight Powell and KP, like the starting 4-5, because – I don't want my guys competing for those stats. I want to choose the guy that's going to have the biggest stats. That's 
that's my cash game philosophy. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense for cash games. Absolutely. But I can see your side being super effective in GPP play. I, I, there's no doubt about it. And I think the, the mass entry guys, you know, that do the fantasy cruncher stuff and kick 150 lineups in there, when they're building their lineups, I think they take that into consideration a lot. Like, you know, if there are two guys like the stat sheet that you just read that are dominating specific categories for their teams in the right matchup, you know, those guys are probably going to get in, you know, what, 15 to 18% of their lineups. And it's just such a different, you know, when you're mass entering like that and building and, you know, you're pretty much the, the guy you have the most, you're using maybe 25, 30%. And then you're using a whole shitload of guys like 10%, 8%, 15%. So I, you know, you can have those kind of builds, but for me, one, I just, that's not my thing. And secondly, I just, I don't find that as fun. I mean, I, I approach this like an old coach, you know, I'm, I want to choose my guys that I think are going to kick ass that night in that matchup for that specific reason. Like, for example, tonight, I use Tyler Johnson, and he's what brought you know down all these uh, cash games for me tonight is, and won for me because he was that contrarian differentiator guy that I figured would go low, low owned because he didn't play last game because he had a migraine. Javel Carter played who's not very good, and I knew he would – he wasn't going to start, so no one would think he was going to do anything. You know, following him last year, he missed four games during the regular season for the Heat with migraines. And it's a common thing that he has. But he always bounces back. Statistically, I looked at those games when he came back just because I remembered him being effective in those comeback games. And three out of four of those games, he smashed it. So I don't know if it was the extra game rest or – you know, just coming off of a migraine, he's feeling better, whatever the case may be, you know, and I look for every edge like that to utilize, and I plugged him in there, and he crushed it tonight. He hit a bunch of threes, got it done, and so for me, I'm looking for those specific drill-down diamonds instead of any percentage plays. Uh, you know, it's to me, I like to know who I've got. I'm watching all the games. I have them in for specific reasons, and it also helps me on the case study when we come back, and we'll, you know, we'll start doing that when we get into the regular season too. Andrew and Michael uh, will do it with us as well as we'll look at, you know, what we built the night before and why, what you know was great, what went wrong, what were our reasoning, and to me, that's a, a good, healthy discussion when you're, you know, like for example, the long-winded thing I just went in with Tyler Johnson. That makes sense. Not just, okay, I use that guy, you know, 16% of my lineups because, you know, uh, they're third worst in the league against small forwards. I mean, I want more blood and guts and teeth that I can hang on to uh, when I go to battle with these. And I think that that's been a big differentiator, at least for me, uh, consistently winning for the last five years in, in DFS basketball. So there you go, man. That's my soapbox for the night. <laughs> no, I, I love your research. I mean, that's the key is you dig down, you look back at what he did coming back off the game's mess due to the migraine. That, that's the type of deep research you have to do to gain an edge. I, I mean, and those are the small edges that most people don't don't get. You know, either the, the GPP guys are throwing everything in to like a fantasy cruncher model, letting it spit out the numbers, 
or, you know, they're just, you know, they're looking at that last game and who they're, I mean, it's, if you want an edge, you got to approach this like a, a coach, a GM, a scout. And, and I think that's the passion that I'm trying to bring every night with, with you and Michael and to our listeners is that difference, that edge. You know, I, I believe personally for myself, I look at this a little bit different than different than most touts out there, you know, and I've had, you know, some, some decent now, you know, exchanges with different guys from some of the, the stronger tout services and such here in the last month specifically. And, you know, they all have their styles and they all, they're all good and they, they do well, but, you know, I still haven't seen anybody that quite has the approach to it, uh, that I do. And I'm not saying mine's better than anybody else's, but it's just a, a different. I like to look at, you know, the game within the game, the, you know, pilly on your back, a few different levels, reasoning behind and specifically, uh, zone, you know, honing in on, on who you're going to take. And that's why, I mean, I love these, these discussions, uh, you know, with, with you and with Michael, because it brings out some thoughts and ideas and bouncing back and forth and, hopefully what the listeners then are, are taking out of it is, you know, that made sense or that didn't make sense. Or I agree with Andrew here. I agree with coach here, whatever, you know, and, and that's how hopefully we're, you know, we help people build some winning lineups. So, I mean, it only, it only takes one guy. It's not like, you know, when you're putting a massive baseball lineup in, you know, and you can stick an outfielder in there that takes a zero and it doesn't matter, you know, in, in basketball, Every single guy in that whatever five, six, seven, eight man lineup, depending on what type of contest, has got to you know kick ass and take names, or or you're you're not going to win. So um, anyway, good stuff, man. We are. I know we're going super long, and Apocry is going to tease me because I told him we aren't going to try to go as long, and he's the one that makes it longer. But it's always me. I I take the blame. All right, Washington Wizards, bro. Ish Smith, questionable. I uh, can't imagine him playing. I think he's out. Um, you know, Bradley Beal's always an option. Uh, I just think his limited minutes scare the hell out of me. Uh, he was phenomenal. I think he's one of the best player, top 10 players in the league. I'm a huge Beal fan. But I don't like uh, what Scott Coach Brooks does uh, with his guys in the preseason. I don't like the rotation. Um, the only guy, but unfortunately another center, you know, Thomas Bryant, you know, when he plays, he plays, you know, just 100% effort. I, I love, that's why I love him. But, uh, you know, and he'll get stats in, in 20 minutes to get it done. It's just, I don't know if I can find a spot with all the centers, especially when Embiid's my favorite play of the night. So, uh, again, with Washington, Playing against, you know, a, a good defensive squad from Milwaukee, even if it is their bench, they're good on D. Um, I'm just not comfortable with the Wizards. I'm not either. Nobody's jumping out here. Beal's played 16 and 18 minutes, um, so that's that's worrisome. But, yeah, per- perhaps if it just works out that you need a center and you've got 5.7K, then get Brian in mm-hmm. there because he's, he's good for a double-double most likely. I'm with you. Anything else on the Wiz? No, just you know, I love watching Rui, and he put up 11 yeah. and 7 in 16 minutes. So you're putting in 15, 20 lineups, maybe get him in one tournament lineup as well. 
I think Hasha Murph, I have him penciled in my first team all rookie team. That's how much I like the guy. Yeah, so, I, I like that vote as well. I hope so, man. I hope so. Well, listen, you, you're you terrific, man. I love doing a show with you. You're so much better than a Patria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But uh, no, it was great, man. It was great. I'm, I'm sorry we went a little long, but, you know, it's I want to get to know each other and bounce stuff back and forth a little bit. I think it'll the, the chemistry, hopefully our listeners, uh, you know, they can always fast forward through stuff if, if they want to. But uh, hopefully they, they enjoy it. You know, it's you listen to some of these and it, it sounds like a computer spitting stuff out. And, you know, I just I like the, the personality and fun and, and you know, banter. So, uh Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Pleasure to be with you, Coach. Can't wait to do it again. Terrific, terrific. Any final words? Nope. Check for injuries. I mean, there's some. I mean, that especially in the preseason, with all the volatility in minutes and guys resting, just uh, follow Hoopball Fantasy. And another place you can go is on the Hoopball website. You go to the team pages, and you can mm-hmm. see all the updates for that particular team. Which is it's nice to have in one place. So that's another Great resource point. for you, along with Twitter. Yes, and I mean you can't afford to miss one of those changes, or your lineup could be dead. So great, great call. All right, fantastic. Well, well, we we thank you for joining us on Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my man Andrew Hansen, uh, I am Coach, and we will catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in fantasy DFS. Have a good one. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.